passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Always Aggravated, a Mike Valenti signature podcast. On this week's episode of Always Aggravated, we got a good one lined up for you. Who doesn't like talking about the athletes they hate the most? And I've got a personal least favorite athlete for you. We then talk to Ed Hockley, the legendary NFL referee. You know the guy, the huge biceps, the huge explanations. His first interview since retiring. And then the power rank and a lot going on and teams showing signs of weakness in the National Football League. It's all coming up next on Always Aggravated. Now, we spend a lot of time talking about things we like and don't like. And, Roberto, you have found a study uh, that throughout history, every team has got a guy you've absolutely hated their guts. Now, you need to give me some of the parameters here. It can be, what, behavioral. It can be some heinous actions. It could be just the way their face looks, whatever it may be. We wanted to center in on football. It's football season. Every NFL team's most hated player in their history, is that correct? Yeah, in the history of the team. So, you know, it can be anything from on-field antics, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct or being arrested, stuff off the field, trash talking, being a prima donna. Oh, Jesus. You know, just someone you just, ugh, you don't like. Now, obviously, we're not, at least I'm not. We ain't going through all 32 teams and top three hated. So just g- give me some highlights here or some spotlighted teams you want to cover. Now, Roberto, how many of these players have you even heard of? Uh, Five. Two or three. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to start. So you guys are going to start guessing. Okay, here we go. Number I'm not 31. Guessing. Atlanta Falcons. Steve Barkowski, because he can never win a game. Bad off field. Deion Sanders. It'd have, to, it'd have to be Mike Vick. Ah, you're right. Michael Vick. I'd see this. That's bullshit. Oh, come on. Mike Vick was adored, and then he had yes. his dog fighting and dog abuse charges. He then 
came back to the NFL and was adored again by Philadelphia fans. That's bullshit. <laughs> but for the purpose a of the list, of, it would fit that a lot criteria. Of dog lovers no, out there. No, and I'm a dog lover. Just, and I don't have to like Mike Vick, but he cannot be the most hated player in the history of a franchise. It's just, just not accurate. They're just finding someone for the Falcons that was arrested. That's all they're finding. It's, I mean, come on. Now. I don't like this. Where's this list from? Sportsbreak.com. That's, that's mm. great. Okay, next. Baltimore Ravens. Oh, Ray Lewis. Yeah, has to be. Okay, there's two on this list. Why would Ray Lewis be the most hated? Well, because we of the murder did. stuff. You don't you mean know. hated, but like I said, it's he got for, rid of the white suit. Most guys with bad behavior, right. whether it's on field, off field. Hey, listen, you know, uh, he was a uh, wrong place, wrong time. So Ray, <laughs> Rice, <laughs> Ray Rice and one more. Yeah, the Ray guy Rice. we talk about all the time. Very good musician. <laughs> musician? No, yes. hold on. Time out. The most hated player for the Ravens is Ray Rice. Right, and there's it one more. Be. There's two on the list. No, not Ray. Not Ray Lewis. Ray Rice is what you're saying. No, the, it, we originally yeah, guessed Ray Lewis. It, it's, so Ray, we, it's Ray Rice and Ray Lewis. Oh, and Ray Lewis. Right. What? what? Mm-hmm. I okay. I didn't like Ray Lewis, but I respected Ray Lewis. He was a phenomenal linebacker. He was. Now, I don't know what happened in Atlanta all those years ago. No, and, I know. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm glad you do. I've got a phone number for you to call. The bottom line is when you totally hate, I don't know. I don't know that I could totally hate Ray Rice. Or super, oh, Jesus. I mean, Ray, uh, Lewis. Ray Lewis. <laughs> he means Ray Lewis, folks. Ray Rice is utterly detestable. Yeah, what did Ray Rice ever do wrong? <laughs> the, one of the worst pieces of video in history. Yeah, that was absolutely terrible. Cringeworthy. Yeah. Awful. Two on the list here, Chicago Bears. Dick Butkus. No. <laughs> Clotheslining people like a sociopath. Uh, one is a... I know one. How about Jay Cutler? That is correct. Wow. Entire city of mm. Chicago hated his guts. Everybody in the league hated his guts. Now, the second guy for the Bears said that he was hated by coaches, management, and the league alike. He was his outspoken behavior, penchant for drinking beer at press conferences. Wow. Jim uh, McMahon? Yes. That's yeah. Right. Huh. yeah. There you go. By the way, is there anything more... more Odd or ironic than Jim McMahon at BYU, a Mormon I university. <laughs> I know. Cool. A guy drinking beer at the press conference. Next. Okay, here we go. Two on the two on this team. Cincinnati Bengals. Pac-Man. No. Joe Mixon. No. Wait, 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 wait. Joe Mixon? How is, Mixon's how is Joe Mixon not <laughs> on there? He shattered a woman's face on video. I don't know. Yeah, if Ray Rice on there, Joe Mixon has to be on there. Vontez Burfey. Yeah. Yeah, that's that great. Yes. I nice. Hate David that guy. Wow. I hate that guy. And you know what's funny? Well, you're a Steelers fan. The <laughs> problem with Vontez Burfecht is he was a scumbag at Arizona State. Led yes. the country in personal fouls. You're right. He's always been a dirty player. Yep. Always. And no matter what has happened in the NFL, he doesn't change. Yep. <laughs> Why? What? Like, he's just a bad dude. Yeah. And the Bengals are a dirty team, so. Next. And next on that list would be a guy whose ego was so inflated they actually changed his name. Ocho Cinco. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know what? I got to be honest. I saw, it wasn't a documentary. It was a, a, what was NFL Network, the show that they do, like a football life. Oh, yeah. And I watched the Chad Johnson one, and I've got to be honest with you. I don't hate him. He shouldn't be hated. I don't. He had a lot of fun. Yeah. I think he was a good-natured guy. Now, look, he had some bad things he did. Okay, domestic violence, I believe, was yes. in there. Yes. Um, I don't remember every line item from the show, but his story growing up, 
how he even made it, how he ever even got to a JUCO, oh, yeah. how he ever even stayed with football. Yeah. If I'm just looking at football, which I know you can't do, you got to take the totality of the man, okay? Detestable incident. My point is, the football perspective, he brought a joy to the game that he was probably ahead of his time by 10, 12, 13 years. Yeah. If Chad Johnson played today, I think he would have been more celebrated. Mm -hmm. But the problem is... He was ahead of his time. The mm -hmm. NFL didn't like guys who celebrated, didn't like guys who no, were he fun. Was, he was Antonio Brown before Antonio right. Brown was in the league. Right. Big time. And again, let's let's not get this twisted. He was his own worst enemy with off-the-field stuff. I can't apologize for it. I can't rationalize it. I will just tell you, a lot of people, if you hated him as a football player and didn't know about the off-field stuff, I don't think they recognize what was behind why he was doing what he was doing. I... I I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm not comfortable with Cam Newton being on the list with Ray Carruth. Yeah. I don't know that Chad Johnson should be on that list, but whatever. I'm not going to get all bent out of shape. <laughs> Next. Right. Next team, two guys on this list, Dallas Cowboys. Everybody. Tio. <laughs> I fucking hate everything about the Cowboys all the that. time. Who did you say? Tio. No. I'll give you my most hated guy. Romo. The White House. Think about like um, yeah. <laughs> bad behavior. <laughs> Who's bad the most behavior. hated guy in the Cowboys? The Dallas police. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like what those poor cops had to deal with during this team and they're in there. Yeah, listen, we got a crack house across from the practice field. Think really bad, real bad off field behavior. All of them. Yeah, I'm about to say all of them. Nate Newton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, didn't he get pulled sure over they, with like yeah, a semi truck? Guys on the list, he would probably be the next. Michael Irving, Deion Sanders. Yep, Michael Irving is one. Mm. Not Zeke Elliott. He loved the booger sugar. Yeah, <laughs> Zeke Ooh. Elliott can't be Michael Irving. Michael Irving. Well, I don't know. All right. Oh well, yeah. And who? No, wait. Did somebody say Greg Hardy? Oh yeah. So the cowboy that I hate the most of all time, though, I don't know that he was a terrible dude, but I hated his guts. Was Emmett Smith? <laughs> See, I, no, I'll tell you why. It was the, I think it was the last game of the season, 93, last game of the season, Dallas comes to New York to play the Giants. Home field advantage or the NFC East was on the line. I forget what it was, right? He goes out, and it's all about his shoulder injury all game. And every carry he's got, they're, they're, John Madden is just slobbering all over him. Oh, look at the toughness. Oh, look at Emmett Smith. And, of course, they're panning in on his helmet, and he's grimacing like he like, like <laughs> he's got somebody twisting his balls into a Bavarian pretzel. Like the Jordan flu game. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's the same <laughs> thing. And after that, I just couldn't take any more Emmett Smith. He was the most overrated running back in history. Thank he you. ran behind the best offensive line in history with one of the best one-two combinations of receivers in history with Irvin and Alvin Harper. He, he had Aikman. He had that defense. And I got to look at this, and they're all kissing his ass. And, and the Giants are playing their asses off. And hey, here's Emmett. Another four yard carry. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, you son of a bitch. God damn it. Enough. Stop playing it up for the camera. I've had it. And yes, it's bias. I'm a Giant fan, but that's what sports is. It's about hate. I hate Emmett Smith. Never, uh, here we go. Uh, Denver Broncos. <laughs> this guy had a reputation for being psychotic on the field. Bill Romanowski. That's nice. right. Well, no. he also spit in the in the face of another man. I believe it was J.J. Stokes. Yeah, and wide broke, receiver for the Niners. And broke Kerry Collins' jaw with a vicious helmet to helmet hit. Ro yeah, Romanowski was was a dirtbag. Next, this should be an easy one. Detroit Lions. All of Matthew them. Matthew Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. 
Can, can I say the Ford family? <laughs> Terrible. Terrible ownership. That's who I hate. <laughs> no, this is an easy one. Come on. Indomitian Sioux. That's right. Fair. Fair. We that didn't, is a good we didn't like him here in America. Yeah. Didn't like him. Yeah. They said that this is he falls into the category, a special category of not just a dirty player, extremely dirty player. <laughs> if I could tell you, and I won't do it, yeah, I don't kiss and tell, but if I could tell you some of the stories that I got on that guy. <laughs> oh, come on. Give us, give, give us a little hint. Don't tease us. Yeah. Nope. I will just tell you he treated a lot of people very, very badly. Now, this one, I don't, I don't think you guys are going to agree with this one at all. I, to my opinion, Green Bay Packers. Who am I? Packers. See, I hated Brett Favre. That's right. He got it in the first one. Wow. Really? Hated yeah. by their own fan base? <laughs> what they're saying is that, you know, first there was the, the retirement, then the unretirement. Then the dick pics. Only, uh, yeah, he asked for his release from the Packers to play with, of all teams, the New York Jets and then Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, then there was the alleged sexting and voicemail scandal. I hated Favre <laughs> because he wouldn't go away. I hated yep. Favre because of the way the media, fo- you know, borderline filleted him. He's throwing down in Mississippi with the high schoolers. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, season? yeah. Yeah, well, no, then then the, then the game he played after his dad passed away, mm-hmm. and it was just like, oh, nobody else could come back and do this. It's like, well, gee, a lot of guys wouldn't be psychotic enough to come back and do this. Like, your your father passed away. I don't know. Maybe a football field's not where we need to be right, right now. I would agree. And I always, lo- I always love the rationale that's given. Oh, well, that that's what they would have wanted. Oh, stop it. No, How do you know? Brett Favre liked the spotlight. He wanted that moment. That was against the Raiders on a Monday night, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And back then, that's when like a three hundred yard passing game was a big deal. Right. Now I got guys throwing for seven hundred yards. I just so I just couldn't stand them. He was always a me. I don't like media darlings. I don't like them. It forces my hand to hate you. Next, next up is Kansas City Chiefs. Tyreek Hill. No. Then I quit. Cream Hunt. Well, this is this list is. After the, you're right, this would be before, before Kareem Hunt. Well, but first, I guess we can change it for that. Here's but Tyreek second to Kareem Hunt would be Tyreek Hill. No, he he assaulted his pregnant girlfriend. It says this guy at enraged, Oklahoma State. He enraged fans by using gay slurs and taunting one about making more money than him on Twitter. I I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. The answer is Larry Johnson. Oh, oh my God! I forgot. Oof, about he used to be him. a fantasy football star, Larry Johnson. <laughs> Next team has two players. Miami Dolphins. Tannehill? Bad uh, off-field. Go ahead, just give it. Jarvis? Richie Incognito. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) I had to roll off the climbing. He's got a lot going on. And Ricky Williams. Oh, yeah. What? The guy wanted to go to the mountaintop and smoke peyote. He shouldn't be on the list. He could also be on the list of another team, too. What, the Saints? Yeah, the Saints. (laughs) Maybe he'll make it twice. Yeah. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Minnesota Vikings, there's two on this list as well. Fred Smoot from the Love Boat. (laughs) Ontario Smith, where he brought the fake penis filled with fake urine to pass the weed test. You you never heard that story? He all right, so Ontario Smith was a really good running back from Oregon, but he happened to like the devil's lettuce. He goes into a test. And I forget what the device was called. It was a fake the penis. Wizard, the Wizinator. The Wizinator. It was a fake penis filled with fake urine. So he would then take the fake penis out of his pants filled with the clean urine, and he would put that in a cup and then walk out of the testing facility like, we're good. <laughs> he actually tried this. Like the lengths people will go to. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. You have to because they watch you. you they watch apparatus. you do the test. Yeah, a fake wiener filled with fake urine. <laughs> 
phenomenal. It's a great story. <laughs> but no, really that is, is. Uh, we have not guessed any yet. Brandy uh, Moss? Yes, that is one. Wow. Uh, I, that was, I loved wow. him. I loved before him. Before he was in the league. He was phenomenal. Dollar for dollar, honestly. Like, and I know explosive is different than best, is mm -hmm. different than this. That was the biggest game-changing wide receiver yep. of my lifetime. Yep. Maybe you'll agree with the second one, a guy who um, maybe isn't the best parent or doesn't have the best parenting skills. Adrian Peterson? Yes. Oh, uh, yes. I can't. I don't know why he did what he did to his kid. I just don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. There's no need for it. And, oh, by the way, he got multiple jobs afterwards. So for mm -hmm. all the people who want to claim, well, that's it, we got to take a hard line, well, go ahead. Where is it? The league ain't doing it. Next. Two guys on this list. Mike's team, New York Giants. Eli Manning. No. <laughs> come LT? On. Yes, that is number one. Oh, come on. <laughs> and number two is, a, two is a current player. Eli Manning. No. Odell. Yes, correct. Wow. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you a giant I hated. Absolutely hated his guts, and it's because he was a bust. Tyrone Wheatley. Mm. Tyrone Wheatley was absolute trash as a giant. Awful. He was so good at Michigan. I, I know. And it's why I honestly I didn't <laughs> like I didn't hate the fact that we took him. Right. But then the fact that he was bad and he went to Michigan, I go, my God, this is the devil's delight. <laughs> no Plexico Burris on that list, though? What's wrong with Plax? Just I'm thinking off the field, you know, right. shooting himself, something <laughs> stupid. He didn't shoot anybody else. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'd rather him shoot himself. He's Bob. He had on loose sweatpants. <laughs> shot himself in the thigh. He cost us a second Super Bowl. We weren't losing It's a valid guest. Hey, when Aaron Hernandez isn't even on the list, that's a valid guest. Next. Yeah. Uh, this is an older player, but I think Mike will know this guy. Uh, New York Jets. Jesus. Uh, Old school. What, Joe Namath? No. Yeah, more, for the sideline interview? than that. <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. Mark Gastineau. Now, how do you hate the New York Sack Exchange? How do you hate Gastineau? He said he was detested off the field, ah. mostly for his poor choices involving steroids and other substances. Listen, he was looking for a good pump. What do you want me to tell and he you? He was also the long-haired pretty boy who dated actress Brigitte Nielsen. Right. Yeah, he had the mullet. He was doing roids. <laughs> oh, thing. wait. That sounds like half of the NFL in picture. the 80s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the New York Sack Exchange. <laughs> Next. Next, Philadelphia Eagles. All of them. <laughs> I hate the Eagles. Absolutely hate them. Deshaun Jackson would be my pick. Tio. Nope. It says this player can't undo the remarks he made backstage at a Kenny Chesney concert. Riley Cooper. Riley yeah. Cooper. <laughs> That's yeah. a good one. Overt racism. Yep. Yeah. yep. I forgot he even played there. Next. Three on this list. David's team, Pittsburgh Steelers with three. Le'Veon Bell's probably hated by them now. <laughs> Even yes. though he shouldn't be, you know he is. Mean Joe Joe. But mean he's Green. not. He's not on this list. Joe Green. Nope. He's not on that list. Nope. Roethlisberger. Yes, that is one. Well, yeah, he should be on the list. Others on the list: James Harrison. Yep. Well, now he, that one makes sense. He left and went to the Patriots. He should be hated. Yep. No, he was also just a really bad dude on the field, man. Yeah, I'm, you're right. I'm, I'm sorry. just saying. <laughs> I'm well, thinking fan. And lines. I don't know if you agree. Wasn't with you. Troy Polamalu hated by like other players? He's not on there? Mm -mm. No. I don't know if you agree with this other one. It's Heinz Ward. He was tr a huge trash talker. That Excuse makes sense. Well, people say he was a dirty player, but I say yeah. he was just a great player. No, he was dirty. He Here's was great. A, he was dirty with the blindside blocks. Great blocking wide receiver, but also a dirty player. I like it. He can it. be one in the same. Next. Uh, San Diego Chargers. 
Philip Rivers. Yes, correct. Wh- what? Blasphemous. I was joking. <laughs> Blasphemous. Philip Rivers Being is a, a big passionate cry baby. man. Big crybaby. Wow. I uh, was you, you know what? He's a red ass. <laughs> and by the way, congratulations on being the most fertile quarterback, expecting his ninth child. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, and unlike the Cromarties of the world, mm-hmm. all of these children are from his wife. Mm-hmm. It's not 11 kids from nine women, and then HBO goes, can you name all your kids, and he can't do it. Mm. That was sad. <laughs> that was and sad. And they had a couple of them after a vasectomy, too, which was crazy. Oh, can, you ima- can you imagine like being in a house of nine children? Mm. That's got to be like being held mm. hostage. Mm. Imagine your daughter telling, listen, you are so potent and such a man <laughs> that the vasectomy did not Didn't take. even affect you, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you went beyond the wall. Next, we have the San Francisco 49ers. Joe Montana. <laughs> no. Hated Steve his, Young. Hated his, I love Steve Young. Steve Young. Lefty quarterback. Let, Come on. let me guess this guy for the third time now. T.O. Yes. <laughs> Is it? Yes. Yes. You're right. <laughs> got it right this time. I know. T.O.'s right probably time. the only guy who could be hated in like 17 different spots. But why, though? What? 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 Prima Donna. Loudmouth. Yeah. I don't know. His general disposition. I didn't understand why he was bawling in tears after catching the touchdown against Green Bay in the, into Mooch's arms, I think it was. Yep. I I didn't understand the the working out in the driveway and like it it's just you know, him going after Garcia. I, I just <laughs> I don't know. On the field I respected the hell out of him. Like the the way he re- he recovered from a broken leg to play in the Super Bowl. He was sleeping in like a space bubble to get back. Yep. His his performances were amazing. There was just always something about him I couldn't stand, and I can't put my finger on it. I really can't. Other players, it was very specific. With him, I just, I don't know. He's one of those guys. just irked me. <laughs> I liked him. There was nothing wrong with him to me. I liked I him. didn't hate him for doing what he did to the Cowboys star, yeah. if that's what you're thinking. That made him a hero in my world. Oh. I hate the Cowboys. All right, next one is Seattle Seahawks. Richard Sherman. I can't stand him. I've never liked Richard Sherman. Russell Wilson. Why? Russell Wilson can be annoying with all the... Oh. And on the third... No, that like, stuff oh, like that. Oh, I like at, Russell. Look at you putting a diaper on. Just say it. You didn't like that he said that God talked to him on the third step after throwing a pick in the Super no, Bowl. No, that's actually not what I was going to say at all. I was going to say that, you know, oh, I'm not having sex before marriage. This is like the... Oh, well, that's up, not your get business. Up, get up your high horse with that. He, oh. Okay. All right. Heads up. That's actually what I meant. He's on a high horse now. Uh. <laughs> the God stuff was kind of ridiculous, too, but... No, my point is oh. he... Hold on, David. He said when he threw that pass on the interception and then on the third step, God told me. It's like, just stop. God wasn't watching the Super Bowl if there is a God. Look, I can't. I, I don't know. It's his oh, relationship. what? It's the his most relationship. Reli- the most religious dude in the room wants to cop out. It is his relationship. Whatever he says, I go with. The whole point is don't invoke it when you're the guy who threw the dumbest pass in Super Bowl history. Well, I agree with that, too. God didn't make that play call, homie. The that other? was your fault. <laughs> that was a little much. On the third step, not the second, yeah, why would not God the care? fourth. Why would God care? Mm, well, it was ridiculous. That's not what it's about. But uh, okay. Well, what, what is it about then? Tell it me. Isn't about God, it isn't about God caring. It's his personal relationship. He think he he had a conversation with him. That's well, all. You know what my personal God relationship, doesn't care about sports. You know what my personal relationship told me that was bullshit. Well, God doesn't well, care about sports. That is true. But David, have you ever spoken to God like that? Yes. 
So he's, but but he's, David doesn't go on the air and go, and in the third sentence on my Steelers take, God said, David, power yeah. it down. After they lost to the Raiders. It doesn't yeah, happen. When, when David wins the Who Am I game, he immediately thanks God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My God, I hate so many of them. I, uh, he openly feuded with head coach John Gruden. Warren Sapp? No, nope. that's a good guess. Yeah, Keyshawn's got to be that on that. That is correct. Mm. Keyshawn was a guy I couldn't stand. Like, you got to have the nerve to come out with a book, your rookie year title, throw me the damn ball. Like, I, I, that is just <laughs> remarkable. <laughs> I never liked Keyshawn. I don't like him now. Uh, I, I, He's another guy who just can't pinpoint the single reason, just never liked him. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? It does. He never seemed likable, but you're right. I can't pinpoint what it was. I mean, I forgot that was his rookie year when he came out with the book until you just said it. Like, wow. But it's like what you talk about with Chad Ochocinco, too. Those receivers back then, the T.O.s, the Keyshawns, the Chad Johnsons that were outlandish, celebra- you know, celebrating after touchdown, stuff like that, they were hated back then when they probably shouldn't have been hated as much. Are you gonna? What is it with your leg? Do we have to get you diagnosed with something? Shaking that damn thing around. What do you got? <laughs> Nervous rest. leg syndrome? It sounds like a cat is scratching a yarn ball next to me. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Have you I been diagnosed know. with something? What's going I, on? You know what? It's funny, too, is my wife yelled at me. Uh, we were at a friend's house this weekend, and I was do- I was sitting there, and I was doing it. And she had to, like, put her hand on my leg. Well, I bet you like that. Oh, <laughs> great weekend. Huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> what is that? Your new way to get her to touch you a little bit? Well, yeah, maybe it's my you know need for attention. <laughs> Just, you got, we got to figure this out. He's shaking his damn leg around. What is a nervous that? tech or something? Look at you know. doing it again. I, I stop oh, it. it. I got. It. I swear to God, I didn't even had one cup of coffee today either. I don't know what I like less: Keyshawn Johnson or your left leg. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> That's the right. Let, let's go next. Holy shit. <laughs> He's doing it again. Look at it go. The only way I stop myself is I like I cover it with my hand. Like, I'm it. serious. Stop it. I, I want you to get, go to the doctor. Get Listen, diagnosed. I'm what shot out that? of a cannon. What All do you right, want let's from me? Let's go. What else? Uh, Tennessee Titans. Vince Easy. Young. Vince Young. No. Why? why I, I like how he, of all people, looks down on that <laughs> answer. No. no. <laughs> I go, that is absolutely not. Yeah, he never the panned answer. out besides this rookie year when he's on the cover of Madden. And he had the shirtless in the club moment. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Just terrible. Then they had to send him oh, home yeah, this from guy, the facility. This too? guy likes the strip club a lot, too. Pac Man? Yeah. Oh, Adam Pac Man. Yeah. No, that's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. I always thought Pac Man was a goofball. Mm. I, I just. Ah, whatever. I, that, that one's not worth any more commentary. All right. So hold on. But before, <laughs> before we, we wrap this. We've gone through some of the highlights here. I've given you some personal stories of guys I hated. But, like, all-timer. Mikey, David, I'd say Roberto, but he, he, he doesn't know enough players. It's the single most hated athlete of your life, any time period. Someone who the hate coursed through your veins so badly. You just couldn't look at this person without just wanting to hit them. Kelly Trapuca. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Mike. I'm going to stay consistent with this because it's someone that I do hate, and I've just grown to hate him more even, especially watching him every weekend. Dak Prescott. Oh. 
way. What and here, and here is you? why. Because it, it's become personal. When he was drafted, when he was a rookie, I, I said, you know what, guys? I don't think he's very good. I think that he's a product of the system. And he's extremely overhyped. And then everyone just freaks out over him, act like, acts like he's a all-pro type quarterback. And I just don't think he's any good. But of all the people, know, what has he ever time? done to you? He's just just the way he, he just kind of smarmy. You can tell that he thinks that he he runs the show in Dallas when he really doesn't. Well, he's the quarterback. Um, he kind of is. He, he did throw for like five hundred yards on Sunday. He had a better game Sunday. I admit that. But no, it, it just it's become I'm, it's become personal because I just I don't think he's good, and I'm sick of hearing people say that he's uh, some great quarterback deserves an extension. He doesn't. Will, will you recant that if they go to the Super Bowl? No, I still am pretty firm that I don't think he's very firm that I don't think he's good. Uh, all right, David, wow. yours will have way more of a personal tie. I think oh, Mike yeah. needs psychological help. Go ahead. Well, I'm also stay consistent. It's Vontez Burfick. Vontez Burfick hurt Le'Veon Bell. He hurt his knee. Divisional. He opponent. was never the same. See him twice a year. Uh, he also hurt Antonio Brown in the hit in the head. Had a concussion. Yep. He was out. Lost yep. that playoff game. Um, he's continued to do dirty things. Uh, Shazier hit. Everything is dirty to him. I can't. I, I hate that guy. I hate even speaking his name. Every time we play the Bengals, I want him. I don't wish injury upon people, but I just something bad to happen to him. I hate that guy. I don't wish injuries, but I hate that guy. My player. I got to be honest, and and it's people aren't going to understand it. You haven't lived it. I know what you're going to say. It's Eli Manning. I hate his guts, and you're going to go. <laughs> Two but Super two Bowls. Super, okay, but hold on. Eli Manning is currently in his 14th or 15th season in the league. The two Super Bowl runs, unbelievable, right? Couple things. The other 12 years of his career, how many playoff wins does Eli have? Let me help you. Zero. The other 12 years of his career, how many years have the Giants made the playoffs? Go ahead, look that up. That'll be your little homework assignment. Here's my answer. Not nearly enough. Eli Manning has also held the franchise hostage. This contract extension they gave him, what him and his agent were up to last year with the whole McAdoo routine and the shaming, and, you know, Eli somehow is this sympathetic figure. I can't stand it anymore. Super Bowl was seven years ago. Enough. Do you think Eli at no point, go ahead, why? Do you think if Stafford had the ability to switch? careers with Eli Manning right now, what are you doing? I don't care. This isn't about Just for those Stafford. Super Bowls. No, sure he would. What, are you kidding me? Any guy would take two Super Bowls. <laughs> the whole point is, at no point in time was Eli Manning the best quarterback in football. At no point in time was Eli Manning the top five quarterback in football. Argue me. He has never been high level at his career. His parents orchestrated this nonsense about not wanting to play for the Chargers. The Giants were dumb enough to trade up to get him. They gave up future assets when they could have just sat there and taken Roethlisberger or Phillip Rivers, who are objectively far superior quarterbacks, regardless of the Super Bowl total. I can't stand the, the, the stupid look on his face every, every day of my football life for 15 years. I've had to look at Eli Manning with that confused look on his face, breathing through his mouth. I can't stand it. Cannot stand it. I hate him. And I'm stuck with him, and most New Yorkers who are Giants fans still want to defend this guy. Then the best part, you want true what burns in my soul. After the team goes 3-13 and and Eli for like, I don't know, a fourth straight year, looks terrible. Eli Manning is then protected by the organization. 
where if you interviewed with the Giants and John Mara, you had to make Eli your starter if you wanted that GM job. So what do the Giants do? They hire a crony. They hire, you know, a member of the family, Dave Gettleman. Gettleman comes in, and if you wanted to be the coach, guess what you had to go in and do? Say that Eli Manning was the starter. Then, all because a little fucking Eli, they go into the draft, they got the number two pick in the draft at a time where running backs have never meant less, and they pass on Sam Darnold, they pass on Josh Rosen, they pass on Josh Allen, they pass on quarterback at large and take Saquon Barkley. Then they go out, waste a fourth-round pick or whatever it is on Kyle Lalletta like he's ever going to unseat Eli. You can't bench the Prince. You can't bench the Messiah. And here's what happens. The team sucks tailpipe again. They start the season. Eli can't throw. He's got quarterback PTSD. Doesn't want to stand in and make the throws. He's the only quarterback in football who gives himself up like it's touch football instead of taking a hit. And now here's the best part, that even at the tail end, when Eli could just, just professionally speaking, die gracefully, <laughs> can't get out of the way, and is out here playing hero ball in meaningless games, so his parting gift to the organization is going to be fucking him out of the ability to draft another quarterback. Awesome. Here's your parting gift. I've never been the best at what I do. I've never been top five, and I allowed the defense to carry my ass in two Super Bowl runs. And my parting gift to you is I'm going to screw you out of the ability to take another quarterback not once, but twice. That is a collective fuck you to every Giant fan on the planet, and none of them realize it. But how do you really feel about Eli Manning? It's bullshit, Roberto. <laughs> Two years in a row he's doing this to this franchise, and a franchise empowers him, and a fan base empowers him. Two years in a row. When the number two pick is there, one of the better quarterback classes in a decade, and then the best part, the next year, when they're on their way to like 1-15, nah, Eli's got to start. Eli's got to play. I got to listen to Pat Shermer. Fanito. I got to listen to Pat Shermer talk about, oh, we could still go 8-8. Eight eight. We're trying to win. And Eli behind the scenes, you know what his agent's doing. You know what Eli's doing. Eli's got the organization afraid of him. They don't want to be vilified. And now the Giants are going to be picking outside of the top 10. And Eli will either go for the hat trick and fuck us again or, or we'll go into the sunset and the Giants have no goddamn succession plan. Number one, with number one on my list, I mean, it ain't even close in my life. There is no, there is no Los Angeles Laker that compares. There is no cowboy that compares. There is not another human being that has bounced a ball or a puck that ever compares to this shit. It's Eli Manning. Two Super Bowls be damned. You don't earn the right to hold a franchise hostage, and you don't earn a right to screw them on the way out the door, one behind the scenes and one on the field. There. <laughs> so you don't you don't hate Lambeer. You don't hate no. Zeke. No. <laughs> Nothing compares. I've waited 15 years in radio to give you an unfiltered Eli take. Nothing compares to this shit. Nothing. But that, he's a four-time pro bowler. That was unfiltered. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, a quick break just to talk about our launch sponsor. It's the D Las Vegas. You're looking to get away, relax, have a good time. D Las Vegas has everything you need. I mean, hell, we're there every March for March Madness. And as I've said before, there ain't no better setup. On the strip, off the strip, it don't matter. Go to the D, go to that chalet upstairs, and ain't nothing better. Bottom line, next time you go to Vegas, check out the D.com. Completely renovated. Downtown is not what you remember. Hell of a lot of new places. It's a damn good time. There's really no other way to put it. And again, the D has everything you need. You're not going to spend a ton of money on the room. Take that money and go do fun things with it. Do what Sully does. Make a bunch of losing basketball bets. Or, well, or for Sully, fall asleep on the horse racing machine on the second floor vintage casino. The bottom line, the D's got it all. They got the sports book. They got the long bar. They got it all. Check it out. The D.com to book your stay today. It's the D.com, the D Las Vegas. And as you know, it is your home for Detroit sports in Vegas. This week's guest is a, a legend. He is the ref everyone remembers, or as I used to call him, Pipes McGee, for the massive biceps that were out there. Uh, he is since retired from the National Football League. We're going to catch up with him now. He is Ed Hockley. Ed, how you doing today? I'm just great, thank you. Glad to be here. And I got to ask you, and it's it's interesting. You retired and then you disappeared. I mean, you just went off the grid. You're driving around in an RV. Just take me through it because I see Pereira on TV every week, and you know Mike Carey got himself a gig. Sterator, Sterator, Blandino. You just said the hell with all of it. <laughs> I'm driving around the Grand Canyon. <laughs> You're absolutely right. You know, and I have not done any interviews. I've Turned down all the interviews I ever got until this bobblehead thing for charity, and I couldn't pass that that, that the charitable temptation on this. But uh, you know, for 28 years, I officiated in the NFL. Before that, was college. I also had a full time law practice going on at the same time. So my life was just crazy. When I decided to retire, my wife and I said, "Well, if we're going to retire, let's retire." And uh, let's just—we uh, sold the house. We bought a big 45-foot motorhome, and we literally are traveling the country. We'll be doing that for the next few years. Love and life. Well, and it's you know it's funny, too, is what most people don't realize is that you guys have jobs. So you, you were in a law firm for over, what, 30 years at least, uh-huh. uh, yeah. based in Phoenix, I think, right? And it was... That's correct. You know, you were doing, what, 100, 110-hour weeks. How the hell you keep it up? <laughs> there's, there's always time. I don't know. There's, you can sleep with your dad, I guess. You know, people, I would, always, I would always get a kick out of people who said, oh, man, I haven't gone to the gym. I don't get to the gym. I just, just can't find the time. You can find the time. It's just a matter of time management. That's all. Uh, you know, the, the football, for example, if, every weekend I would spend maybe eight, ten hours on an airplane or in an airport. That's work time. You don't sit around. You don't sleep. You don't watch a movie. You work. Uh, you know, I did an hour on the on the stair climber every day to, for cardio, and that's work time. You you know, I've got a rule book there or, or legal papers or whatever, and you work. So it's just a matter of time management is really what it's all about. Uh, but uh, but it, you know, I had enough, <laughs> and so that's why uh, I decided to just get out. And I've turned down indoor, all the any endorsements and speeches and things like that since and job offers since I decided to retire and. My deal with my wife is that we'd make retirement retirement. Now, the problem in that, nothing ever goes perfect, is the NFL has kind of sucked me back in. Um, we had, uh, uh, in addition to Jeff Triplett and I, then there were two surprise retirements late in the year. 
uh, uh, Gene Steratore and Terry McCauley took network jobs, and so suddenly there were four brand-new referees. Now, they've been in the league for a few years, but the, the NFL does not make people ref, head referees right off the bat, no matter how successful they've been in college, because it's an entirely different game. But uh, they've never had four new guys before, and so when they suddenly had four new guys and, and uh, the head of officiating, Al Riveron, is a very good friend of mine, and he pushed and pushed, and and uh, so I've been working with the four new referees uh, on that, and then, and I work from a, with rules with the NFL as well. So I'm still involved to some extent with the NFL, but uh, but mostly not. It's something we never imagined. You know, I'm 38 years old, and I grew up watching you know Madden, Summerall. There was no such thing as a rules expert, and now. You know, I got Blandino and Pereira on my TV more than the game. Like, when you, I mean, look, it's got to be the best job in the world because basically you get to now second guess everybody all the time. I, I, can you even believe we've reached this point where we have <laughs> rules experts? Well, it is, it is interesting. But, but people have taken a real, people seem to have taken a real fascination with, with officiating. I think that uh, uh, officiating was highlighted by the lockout a few years back, and then people really started to take notice. And I have found, and I know I always got kidded for my lengthy announcements, uh, but I, I have found that people like to understand why. There's not just there's a penalty on the flag. What was what, what happened and what went wrong? And so a little bit of an explanation, and I think that the the rules experts that uh, that we've mentioned have done a great job. You know, I, I don't always agree with what they say, but uh, but I think they've done a great job of helping educate the public and make it a little more interesting. i got to be honest with you, Ed, and I'm, and I'm just, listen, I can't be anybody else but me, and I, I'm going to give you my opinion. There is something, and I can't put my finger on it, I can't stand Blandino. <laughs> the look on his face just makes me mad. Oh. Like, he, no, Ed, Ed, he slides into my screen, he's got that smirk, and you're like, wait, my team just got screwed, what are you smiling about? <laughs> Well, he's just there to explain to you that your team didn't get screwed. <laughs> they, they, they're the ones that screwed up and committed a penalty. Look, you, you got out of the game at the right time because i got to be honest, it got to a point I didn't know what a catch was anymore. Did the catch rule drive you to an RV and just say, I'm out, I'm done, I can't do this anymore? You know, the, the, until this year when the catch rule was changed, that was far and away the most often asked question that I had, what is a catch? The fact of the matter is, is that is that if you asked any of the NFL officials, you showed them a hundred plays, the most controversial plays you want. Uh, we'd agree on ninety-eight out of hundred of them. what's a catch and what's not a catch. The catch rule actually was very black and white for us, and that's one of the reasons that the rule was the way it was. It was difficult to officiate on the field, but in replay, we would agree that is or it is because there it was a real clear line. But the but the. People didn't understand it. It was difficult to explain. So uh, I think that announcers took the, I don't mean to be this in a negative way, but the easy thing was to say, I don't know what a catch is, rather than really understand the rule. Uh, the change that was made this year, people understand. And it seems to me that people are much happier with what's a catch this year uh, than they have been in the past. But the rules are extremely complicated, and the catch rule especially up until this year, was extremely complicated, and that's why people didn't understand it. It would have drove me to retirement, because as a fan, <laughs> I just I didn't know what was up or down anymore. I like the change. I think it simplified it. I think it makes it easier on you guys, and, and the flow of the game just goes. That's that, what's that, important yeah. to me. I can't stand There's the no reviews. About, yeah. 
there's no doubt about the importance of the flow of the game, and and that's the the, the NFL has done a lot of things to try to try to keep the game moving along, and uh, and I think that that's great. Fans don't like to be sitting around. But Ed, that's the thing too. You mentioned the controversial calls and people being upset about it. You getting questions. Would that be a, a common occurrence for you? Like, if you had a, some sort of controversial call, are you getting emails? Are you getting fans hitting you up after the game asking about it? As I, the longer I was in the league, the nicer people were to me. Um, and, and I think it's just when this guy's been out there since I was a kid, as long as I can remember, you know, these funny players would walk up to me and say, man, I. At Oxford, I've been watching you since I was a kid. And I'd say, well, thanks very much. It's going to cost you 15 yards on this next play, though. But, but um, I, I, then I got less and less pushback. I got a lot of mail from fans, a lot of emails. And, and I, I responded to them all. Almost everyone in the latter years of my career were very positive. Well, you're on record as saying there was a call in 08. And it was a Charger Bronco game, and you're on record. There was the the biggest mistake of your career. Do you remember that play now? You know, ten ten I, years later. You know, I, I appreciate you bringing that back up. I can still <laughs> enough in the day that I'll be able to book an appointment with my psychologist and help me, help me get back and online so I can sleep at night again. <laughs> Do I remember that call? Um, it clearly was. It wasn't the biggest mistake I made in my career, but. The timing of it is what made it so bad. It had the exact same mistake. If I'd made it in the first half, nobody would have even noticed. No. But it was inside two minutes, and San Diego should have had the ball, and instead I ruled an incomplete pass. And so Denver kept the ball, and they went on, and they scored three or four plays later, and they went for two uh, and because they were down by one, and, and they scored the try for point, got two points, and they won the game. And uh, and I was just absolutely devastated by the mistake, and I got this is I'm not joking. I got over twenty thousand emails that week. Oh, uh, oh and, my uh, god! I know the number because our, it, it went through the server at my law firm, and the server finally froze on Friday. It it, it logged up; it was just too full. I know you won't say it, but you 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 became a celebrity. You were a celebrity ref. Everybody knew when Ed Hockley was on their game. Everybody saw that that shirt that was probably a small, even though you should have been wearing a medium. We know what you were, Ed. We know what you were doing out there. That's not true. I, I, I shopped at 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 Kids Gap. <laughs> Ed, by the end of your career, those the the sleeves weren't even covering your armpit. You were out there just strutting. But here's the thing. You become a celebrity ref, right? You become a part of the game. And I know you're on record. You've said it. You felt it was important to look like an athlete. You've encouraged other refs to do so. But here's the problem. You're in a world of egomaniacs. They don't like it if someone has their own bit of fame or celebrity. Did you ever feel that your reputation and kind of your notoriety ever caused an issue with a player on a field where they treated you differently because they knew you? be honest with you, I really didn't. I, I really felt like it, it was just the opposite. I felt like, as, as I mentioned a little while ago, I, I felt like I got more respect from players and I think that they appreciated the fact that uh, that I looked like an athlete. They worked so hard, and I don't suggest for one second that I worked at you know, a fraction of how hard they worked, but, but just to be in shape and all that kind of stuff. And I think they appreciated the fact that some officials try to be athletic and try to stay in shape and work at it. So I think that there was an appreciation for that. And then I also think that 
begrudgingly they would recognize that somebody's, you know, still here, somebody's survived, some must be doing a little bit of it right, or he wouldn't still be here. Um, because I don't think that that caused me, there may have been some players, sure. I, you know, we've all got, in any profession in life, there's different personalities, and that might have bothered some people, but I didn't feel that way. I, I thought that I was treated far better than I even had any right to deserve. I, I was very, very humbled by the notoriety, if you will, that people would know me or would want an autograph or any of those sorts of things. That was very humbling. How many punters and kickers were afraid of you? <laughs> because you, you were double their size. <laughs> I'll tell you, some of those punters and kickers are just, they're bonsai people, man. I just, You watch some of them, they punt the ball and they want to make the tackle. And they just haul down there. I, I'm, I'm nobody out there is afraid of me. The players would come up to me sometimes. And say, come on, hey, let's compare arms oh. <laughs> because the wrists were bigger than my arms, so they would just laugh about it. Uh, t- don't and don't hold back here. But come on, I mean, t- take us through the arm workout. I'm not asking like, hey, what do you bench? I know you. That, that's not what it's about with you. I've read up on it. But they, come on, share with the people if they want hockey biceps and tries. What the hell are you doing in that RV? Well, Mike, I'll tell you what I do. I'm just kidding. <laughs> First of all, a lot of it's just genetics. I mean, I go to the gym. I would look at people that were twice as strong as I was, and they didn't have. You know, the, the same build. A lot of it's just genetics. And so I was fortunate with the genetics. But the other part of it is just just committed dedication. You know, you, you don't do it for a week. You do it for a lifetime. You don't, you don't go to the gym three times a week. You go six or seven times a week. Uh, you don't, you know, lift until you start to breathe a little bit heavy and then go chat with, uh, with the cute girl who's also working out in the gym. <laughs> You, you you work every set, every rep to complete exhaustion. She can't get another one up, and and so it's 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 work. But you know, and that's the thing is that when I mentioned before about the players, you think about how hard they work at it, and it never ends. And it's uh, people think about you know these players make a lot of money. Well, you know the average career of an NFL player is not much more than four years, and um, and it's a grueling, grueling job. So. Ed, I got one more football question for you, and then I want you to, to promote the, the, the charity you're involved with here in the bobblehead stuff. But just you. you were there when this game looked a hell of a lot different. And, oh boy. and I understand quarterbacks are assets. I understand they have to be protected. I get all of it. But, I mean, Ed, we've gone a little too far, haven't we here? I mean, what, what are defensive players supposed to do? No, I, I'm sorry, but I, I completely disagree. We have absolutely not gone too far. The players have gotten bigger. I go back, I started in 90. And the bigger and faster and stronger. There, I worked over 600 games in the NFL, and there wasn't a single game right up to the very last one that there weren't a half a dozen times in that game. I said, oh, my God, how's that guy getting up off the ground? He's got to be dead. I mean, <laughs> oh, Jesus. And, and they hop up, and they go back to the huddle. And they, it, it, is a, it is a very... Um, it's a collision sport, let's say that. And, and you, we've got to protect them. We've got to protect them. And, and when we go, go back a few years ago, when we put in the rule that made it elite for hits against defenseless receivers, and a receiver's stretching out for the ball, and he gets, he gets wiped out. And that became a penalty. And there was a big outcry. The players can't play this. They can't do that. They, 
you've, you've taken everything out of the game. We almost never have that foul anymore. The players completely adjusted to it. They're still, it's still just as hard-hitting and just as great a game, but they've learned not to hit him in the head. They've learned not to hit with their head. So they come in with a shoulder-to-shoulder or shoulder-to-body, and they can break up the pass in the same fashion. The same thing is happening with roughing the passer. At the beginning of this year, there was a huge outcry and a few particular roughing the passer plays for this body weight rule change. Now we watch the video, and time after time after time, the guy gets the sack, and as he's going down, he rolls to the side instead of coming down with his full body weight on top of the quarterback. It changes, and it makes it safer. All right, obviously I want to give you a chance. You're involved with the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame, uh, the charitable bobblehead. Take us through what it is, what, what the charity is involved with, etc. Thank, thank you very much for that. I, as I said, I haven't been doing interviews, but you said that I could, I could count the bobblehead. Um, of course. And I, I want to say up front, I don't get a single penny from, a bobblehead, from any of this bobblehead thing. That it, it goes to charities. There's two charities that are designated for these bobbleheads. I'll say this a couple times. Uh, it's, if you just go to bobbleheadhall.com, B-O-B-B-L-E-H-E-A-D-H-A-L-L, that's one word, bobbleheadhall.com, because this is the Bobblehead Hall of Fame, bobbleheadhall.com. They, there's, the money goes to two charities. One of them is Autism Speaks. Autism is a is a bioneurological disorder that impacts uh, people in very very different ways and one out of 59 people has uh, has autism some form of autism and and my I have a granddaughter who has uh, has Asperger's which is a type of autism the other one is um, the TJR foundation which is designed for for youth and uh, and young adult uh, addictions um, the, the, it is a huge problem in our society, addictions, and especially when it starts with kids and young kids. I mean, it, the, the statistics are amazing. By the time a child has reached the eighth grade, 28% of those students devel- are developing an alcohol problem. 16.5% of them, eighth graders, have smoked marijuana. Mm. More seniors use marijuana than smoke cigarettes. I mean, it, it is, we have a tremendous problem. 50% of high school students have abused drugs. Uh, it, it's a huge problem that we've got out there. And, and I don't care how good a parent you are and you think it's not affecting you, you never know what's going on with your kids. And with all, we all learn more and more about that these days. And this charity, TJR Foundation, is designed to assist parents uh, and youngsters who have addiction problems. Um, the, as I said, the money from the, from the bobblehead, a significant portion of the proceeds go to those two charities. None of it goes to me. The others cover costs and things like that. Um, and it's bobbleheadhall.com, bobbleheadhall.com. Or if you Google Ed Hockley bobblehead, sadly, you'll, you'll see the Ed Hockley bobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> My family is all teasing me uh, tremendously about yeah, and I heard actually there was a warehouse that had a ton of incredible Hulk bobbleheads left over, and they just painted you on top of that. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you for that. Ed, it's been a pleasure. You, you've lived a hell of a full life. Enjoy the grandkids. I know you get a zillion of them. Enjoy driving around and doing your thing. You earned it. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You got it. 
Winter's here, and that means energy bills are rising. You can reduce your power bill with help from Power Home Solar, the number one residential solar provider in Michigan and one of the top solar installation companies in the entire USA. Power Homes installs American-made panels with a 30-year warranty. It allows you to own your power, not just continually rent it from a power company. As an official partner of the Detroit Lions, the company installed solar panels at Ford Field and the Allen Park facility earlier this year and seeks to continue building a movement towards cleaner, greener energy by seeing if solar is right for your home. Go to powerhome.com. That's powerhome.com. Or you can give them a call, 1-800-SOLAR-15. That's 1-800-SOLAR-15 to schedule your free solar consultation today don't rent your power. Own it with help from Power Home. All right, so let's get to the power rank. I'm going to do it a little differently this week. Now that we're in the home stretch, you've got only three games left. And my opinions on these teams for the first time are really kind of wavering. Like three, four weeks ago, we sat here and it was kind of this obvious thing that Kansas City and the Rams were the best or the Saints were the best. It's, it seems to be changing week by week by week, and now we're seeing signs of weakness. So I'm still going to go 5-1, to one, but I'm probably going to do some pit stops along the way here. Uh, let's start at number 5, and i got to be honest with you. I was very, very close to not including them, but I put the New England Patriots at 5, and I know they had that, that freaky loss at Miami. Belichick lost his mind. I expected a Hail Mary when you knew Tannehill couldn't get the ball there. It, Gronk on the field. No Devin McCourty. It's just a, a, a weird a weird deal. The Pats are at five more because of the teams below them than anything else. I can't put Pittsburgh there. I mean, they tank the game in Denver. They come back and do the unthinkable. They lose to the you know two-win Raiders. The Ravens actually were very close to being here. But here's the problem. It's still a rookie quarterback in Lamar Jackson. And I love him, and I think he's got immense potential, and that defense is the real deal. But right here, right now, would I pick Baltimore in a neutral field to beat New England? I don't know that I can talk myself into that now, but next week, don't be shocked. Patriots are going to go at Pittsburgh. you got to believe the Steelers get right. If they do, well, Pats aren't going to be on this list, but I'll keep them there for now. By the way, Patriots last three at Pittsburgh, home Buffalo, home Jets. Minimum, that's two and one. So they're still safe. At four, I got to be honest. Now, I've said I've been concerned for a few weeks about the Rams. Very sloppy in Detroit. Very sloppy Sunday night against the Bears. And full credit to the Bears. Now, Vic Fangio's defense is outstanding. They run a lot of complex stuff. They run a lot of games with you. And they'll play some combo coverage with man principle, you know, on the boundary and zone behind it. They do a lot of interesting stuff. Their secondary guys like Eddie Jackson and Kyle Fuller, they can sit on routes because, well, they know the ball's coming out because of the pass rush. They don't need to blitz to get you. But the Rams didn't handle anything the Bears did. And whether it was golf in cold weather, whether it was an off night for the ball club, you can say whatever you want. The Rams have shown some weakness. Now, here's the good part. Look at the finish of their schedule here. Now, they, they're home against the Eagles, who might be broken after that loss to Dallas at Arizona, and uh, they take on Frisco, two of the worst teams in the league. The Rams will get right before the playoffs. But for right now, I wouldn't take them on a neutral field against the next three teams. And I know what you're going to say, but, 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 they already beat the Chiefs. It's where you are now. This isn't some memory lane deal. 
So number three, I still have the Chiefs. And, and again, we have to remember, look at what the Chiefs have lost. They lost Kareem Hunt. You know, Spencer Ware's not replacing that. Damian Williams isn't replacing it. I mean, Sharkandrick Wet, you're not replacing Kareem Hunt. Uh, they have lost Sammy Watkins now. Uh, he's hurt. Tyreek Hill is dealing with a heel prop. He missed part of the game against Baltimore. And the game plan, whether you watch Rams-Bears or whether you watch Chiefs and Ravens, the Ravens lined up and were able to do what the Bears can't really do, which is pound the rock. The Ravens have completely changed their offense with Lamar Jackson, but it's effective. They, they were able to stay with Kansas City, limit possessions, run the football, had every right to win the game. That's going to be how teams attack Kansas City. And ultimately, if you look at like the path to the Super Bowl, the path to success and, and getting this done, is Kansas City going to be able, without their biggest weapon on offense, and Kareem Hunt, and without a full throttle attack on offense with Watkins, you know, can they really withstand a game where somebody's going to come in there? And it, it, it's my, my number two team is, is that team. They're going to come in there and run the ball. Kansas City cannot stop the run. And if you can't stop the run, you can't get on the field. If you don't get on the field, it's going to cause some problems. Now, I still think Kansas City is the most entertaining team in the league. My number two team is designed to beat them. And that's the L.A. Chargers. Now, I am assuming, maybe not for this week's game, but I am assuming Melvin Gordon will be there in a playoff matchup. And that assumption, look, the Chargers can run the football. They got a stable of backs. And they got Gordon. They got Eckler. This Justin Jackson looks good. Phillip Rivers is absolutely playing like an elite quarterback. They've got weapons on the outside with Allen and Mike Williams. Offensively, the Chargers can hang with Kansas City and they can win the T.O.P. Defensively, getting Joey Bosa back, it's changed it. Melvin Ingram on one side, Joey Bosa on the other. You get a two-sided pass rush, now you got yourself something. And they're going to be able to rush for and they're going to be able to get after Mahomes and keep him in the pocket. And their secondary's active, guys like Derwin James. They've got the recipe to do it. And because Kansas City has lost some people now, look, Sammy Watkins may be out for a bit. Kareem Hunt is done. Those are losses. And with the Chargers, assuming they're going to get healthy, get Gordon, get Eckler back, uh, they got Joey Bosa back. I think the Chargers right now, to me, they beat the Rams on a neutral field. They beat Kansas City. And they beat the Patriots. Now, maybe I'll change my mind. Maybe the game will speak for itself. Maybe Kansas City pops them and the Chargers look awful. I got to let it play. But I'm seeing signs of erosion. I'm seeing signs of weakness with Kansas City and the Rams while the Chargers kind of just keep ascending, get their pieces back. You know Gordon will be back. They're going to be careful about Thursday night's game, but he'll be back. And Melvin Gordon is the best kept secret in the league. No one pays attention. I mean, if you play fantasy football, you know. But everybody will talk about Todd Gurley or everybody will talk about Saquon Barkley and these other guys. Melvin Gordon's every bit as good as those guys. And he is a huge factor in the passing game. So I think Chargers are two and number one for me. And it's simple. It's the Saints. They haven't done anything wrong. At Carolina, home against Pittsburgh versus Carolina. They've done nothing wrong. They just keep moving along. The loss to Dallas, I don't have a problem with. Dallas defense is top five in football. They came out. We talk about how the Chargers are designed to beat Kansas City. I think the Cowboys are designed to beat the Saints. Run it. Play keep away. Take a few deep shots. 
turn your front four loose on D, athletic linebackers, t- you know, take Kamara away, let other people beat you. I'm telling you, you can you can make a case for anybody. It's not the type of year we thought it was going to be maybe six weeks ago where, hey, this is just kind of this deal. KC and the Rams are going to play for the Super Bowl. I think each of these teams has weaknesses. Each of these teams is very beatable. But the Saints have the least weaknesses of the bunch. I think the Saints have given you the most consistent uh, level of play, quality of play. They've got the quarterback position. They've got the offensive line. Need to get healthy there. But they have everything you need to make this go. So five Patriots and tepid at that. Rams four, chance to go up. KC and the Chargers going to settle this between each other, but I do believe the Chargers have every right at this. And I would not be shocked if they ended up in uh, the big game. And then the Saints are number one for me. They've been the most consistent, and when they are at their peak, they're probably the best team in football. That's the power rank. We'll revisit it next week. Well, guys, Sully here, and if you're like me, you like hanging out with your friends, you like having some drinks, you like having some fun, you gotta check out Copper Craft Distillery. Now, they're from the west side of the state. I was actually there this past weekend, made a trip out to Holland, Michigan, and it was a really, really fun time. The distillery's awesome. They have a ton of great products, whether it's their bourbon, their whiskey, their gin, their vodka, also some really cool, by the way, canned cocktails they're coming out with that's really gonna be perfect for tailgating, at games, stuff like that. It's a great place because they do stuff the right way. They're never gonna give you a product unless it's absolutely ready and if you're out on the west side of the state stop by Coppercraft in Holland great restaurant great little tour you can get of the distillery it's a lot of fun but here in Metro Detroit and all over the place they're getting more into retail stores they're getting more into restaurants so stop by and ask for Coppercraft whether you want the bourbon whether you want the whiskey the vodka the gin they've been winning a lot of awards too that's not just my opinion they've been winning a lot of awards they've won spirit of the year awards they've won Michigan bourbon distillery of the year awards and it all starts with their great team Brandon Kim everyone there at Coppercraft is fantastic try it out for yourself that's Coppercraft distillery in Holland Michigan All right, that's week five for Always Aggravated. Appreciate you guys listening as always. Subscribe, download, rate, review, and share. Like I said, the more support we get on this, the faster we can begin delivering two of these a week for you. So thanks as always, and we'll see you next week.